I'm Shannon. And I'm Sierra. And we've been best friends for the past eight years. Has this ever happened to you? Some well-intended individual inquires. How are you? But instead of being your sounding board, they end up just sounding board. Well, we're here to lend an ear as our guests unpack their hopes and fears. So come join us in a space where vulnerability is strength and humor is healing. While we genuinely inquire, how are you feeling? And what's been storming your brain? 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 What has been storming your What's been storming your brain? Brainstorming the podcast. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Sierra. Happy pod day. Happy pod day. It's here. Favorite day of the week. Mm -hmm. Most people are like Mondays, but we we celebrate them mm-hmm. we're like river scarfields like mondays we love them pod mondays <laughs> <laughs> we have a really nice nice little pod today yeah i'm excited about our guest yeah all right tell me about him all right here we go uh we all met back mm-hmm. at pcpa mm-hmm. our conservatory he was a year above us he was our elder he was mm-hmm. and still is he still is he remains eyes. our elder yeah <laughs> and became friends like in the same friend group and he he's now living in the LA area and we don't live there. <laughs> we live in New York, as you know, and he's got a lot of exciting stuff going on. So we wanted to have him on and have a little chit chat. Yeah. I'm really stoked. This man is a dream come true. <laughs> he is an inspiration to us all. Yes. He is Cameron James Parker. He sure Hi, is. Cameron. Hi Cameron. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> so happy to be here. Yeah. Now, this is a dream come true. This is so great. You have no idea what this does for my ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you ever, do you ever like take a, sh- like you're working on a project and then you take a shower and just imagine all the interviews you're going to do where yes. people are asking you how you came up with such a genius thing? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. When I was a kid, I used to dream about be having an E-True Hollywood story because my Ooh, mom yeah. used to watch it. So I'd be like, man, when I have my E True Hollywood story, they're going to interview my mom and my dad. <laughs> That's where I'm going to draw the line. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Or like an Oscar speech. Yes. Or like, I, I would also watch like reality TV shows when I was a kid. So I would imagine myself on like The Apprentice. <laughs> do you still or yeah I I mean I think I would do very different things if if I was on the apprentice (laughs) and Donald Trump was the the Uh I'd flip the table in the boardroom and throw him out the window yeah you know what sidebar I have a story about the apprentice it's not a long one I did an improv class with this woman named Linda who was a consultant on the apprentice and she said that she would say something they would stop the cameras and have him say what she had just said. <laughs> That's infuriating. I'm not, it's, yeah. it's not surprising at all, but it's no. completely infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. So back That's to so you. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, back to you. Guys. Wait, 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 wait. I, I just want to, yeah, yeah. I'm flipping the script. So listen, <laughs> um, I want to know, I want to tear down the curtain and okay. know, how long it took and and what the process was like to come up with instead of someone being your sounding board they just and 
end up sounding bored <laughs> for that particular I think sentence. that was a Shannon line that was me that was a, a moment at work it came to me in a moment <laughs> and I remember saying it to like one of my coworkers. I was like is this funny and she she chuckled and so I thought we have a we have a winning line yeah mm-hmm. I think I wrote most of that at work actually Shannon's a wordsmith yeah she she does our our words captions yeah. <laughs> she's our caption Gosh. queen I I'm do the, the editing you do the captions yep it's great it's going you come up well. with our titles they're really good titles it's always a lot of like rhyming and alliteration, alliteration. Mm-hmm. we love alliteration on this pod mm-hmm. wow it's so mm-hmm. great and then mm-hmm. your theme song is incredible <laughs> thank you I love your theme song so much thank you that's a story in that initial we were trying to come up with the melody and I kept going, do, 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 do. What is that? I don't know. And I was like, you know, I was like, you know, I think it's like an old radio program that my dad and I used to listen to. I just remember it being on the radio. But I mean, it was back in LA. Like, who? It's, yeah, you're that's like, fine. Like and Tim was like, this is great. And immediately started like playing it and building off of it on the piano. And we have it. We have the whole thing. We've recorded it. I play it for my dad. And he goes, is that? entertainment tonight and I went fuck <laughs> we can't use that <laughs> but uh, we so we changed it slightly yeah do 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 oh yeah yeah because it was entertainment tonight because uh, I'm a thief yeah no one would know there's a song yeah. in my album that is like just slightly different than the theme song to full house wait <laughs> I feel like you clocked that? I clocked really? that. You clocked Which, what, I think I did. When I listened, I was like, oh, that's kind of like, I loved it because it's such, the vibe is so perfect for um, yeah. for the album. Yeah. Now you said the word album. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Let's, okay. Uh, album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pull the brakes. Mm-hmm. You have an album? <laughs> Tell us about it. You guys it. didn't know that? You guys just what? passed me on here? <laughs> um, I have an album. It's called the happiest place and it's about a certain theme park in anaheim not very not very far not very far (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah it's 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 about disneyland and the the feelings you get there and and what it means to people yeah and i've been working on it for almost a year so it was a quarantine quarantine project yeah it was a quarantine joint I (laughs) yeah it was it was funny I well here's the story of how it came to be one day my sister asked me if I would go to Disneyland with her and my nephew who's like three and me and my sister don't hang out very often um and I said yes, of course. She was going to pay for the whole thing, which was amazing. Wow. So we went the next day and it was really fun, but it was kind of bittersweet because I had gone through a breakup um, at the time. So there were a lot of things in the park that were reminding me of my ex. But then there was also a lot of beautiful things like watching my nephew experience everything at the park for the first time. And me and my sister working together to point things out to him and we are really also pointing things out to each other and ourselves of like look how great this is yeah and then we would be waiting in line just having these conversations that are so unique and particular yet universal these conversations that 
I've had multiple times with anyone I've gone to Disneyland with or seen other people at Disneyland have just waiting in line talking about the things they love about the park or the movies or or like <laughs> I don't know just like yeah. gratitude and I thought there was something really special about that and unique and for some reason there's something inspiring in that and so I started writing these short sketches in a series on YouTube called Adventures at Disney and <laughs> kind of the joke is it's adventures at Disney but every episode is just two people waiting in line having these non-conversations about Disneyland you know there's no conflict everything's positive no one can say anything negative and it's so sincere sincerely positive that it's funny that mm -hmm. it's it's goofy it's not making fun of it but it just it's just funny and then with that I was making music and I had the drive to make the music, but as far as lyrics went, I didn't know what to say. Mm. So I grew up making music and making lyrics about, oh, I love my girlfriend or my girlfriend <laughs> broke up with me or I broke up <laughs> with my girlfriend or uh, I'm so depressed about this and that. And it was nice to write about something else. It was finally mm. something else I could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't about me and so that was really exciting I found these two um, instrumental songs that I made five years ago and didn't have any lyrics to put to them and then I tried uh, making these lyrics about Disneyland and I was able to do that and I just kept going and the more songs I made, the more they were, uh, the tone of them fit the feelings you get at Disneyland. And then I went through some other stuff through quarantine and the pandemic and um, an election and another breakup and a lot of experiences that made me really think about who I want to be, who I am, what I believe in. And it really made me take the album more seriously. Hmm. and it made me work harder on it. That's such an interesting shift though, because so many people would let that those many factors take away their joy, their yeah. creative joy. And for you to be able to channel it that way is so, is so great. Yeah, I knew after my breakup, I could either shrink down and, and hide away and get a little self-destructive or I could process my emotions do a lot of self-love, take a lot of right actions and let myself feel what I had to feel. And by doing that, it gave me a lot of drive to do the work and to make the music. And to be honest, in the beginning, it was I was a little driven by spite and resentment. Hmm. And once that resentment faded away, then... Uh, I couldn't rely on that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I had to work on it because I loved it. And, and it was an, an expression of my authentic self. And I had to do it for me. That really translates. It really it does. does feel, yeah, I, there, there's something about it. It's so, like you were saying earlier, there's something about you that's so unap unapologetically mm -hmm. you. 
And this album is encapsulates that I think so beautifully. And it's been so fun seeing you. We've said this, you, you've always been working on something since we've known you. It's always like some project yep. going on, whether whatever the size of it. And then you started doing the the Instagram videos, like the Taco Bell and like those, those are so fun, those little snippets. And then to see something more expansive from you was so exciting. I think you really have a following that's like, oh, great. Yes. We want more. So that's, that must feel really cool. Oh, I'm so happy (laughs) to hear that. That makes me feel so good. And it was scary. Like I knew at the beginning of April, maybe I should have started sooner, but I, I knew I wanted to start promoting at the beginning of April and that I hate promoting myself. I hate selling myself. And I think a lot of artists feel that way of like, I don't want to be a sellout, but like no one's going to see you then. And so I had to find a way to make selling myself part of the expression and part of the art because then it's easier to do. And, and so I put myself out there wearing of colorful jackets and 90s clothes and making videos. And part of what's exciting about that is like, I'm not putting myself out there as a cool guy. This album doesn't make me cool. And it's like, it's not the most masculine thing. The word you used was something that I think I I wanted was to be unapologetic because I think it's easy for a lot of people to point their fingers and laugh at the 50-year-old guy with a bunch of Disneyland knickknacks around his house. But there's sometimes where I've seen people say about people that are getting laughed at for being passionate about something. I wish I was that passionate about something. I wish I could love something that much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's like something very interesting about our generation that like lethargy is in like to be like blase about things is is like to be like, Oh yeah, not, yeah. To not fully lean into something. I think it's starting to come back slowly. And part of that is with social media as we see other people who are passionate about things. I think that's such a great point. And there's something, like you said, so universal. It's something about when you mention Disneyland to someone, everyone has a memory, a story they share. They light up. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing like when you mention like, oh, I'm an actor. Someone always has a story like, oh, I did a show in like fifth grade. Like there's like this lighting up of people. And it really feels that way in your album too. So my question for both of you, because Mm -hmm. you're, I mean, like I lived slightly farther away from Disneyland, but did you were both in the LA area, grew up in the LA area. So did you go often? Like what was your experience as for with Disneyland as a child? For me, mm-hmm. I, we lived like two and a half hours away and we didn't have like the, the money. That was a very special thing to be able to go. But my grandmother lived in Fullerton, which is not too far at all from Anaheim. And so I have memories of Disneyland as these special like trips to visit grandma on the weekend and go to Disneyland. Like, in fact, I was telling Shannon this, that I had to go home recently and my mom was showing me old um, like home recordings. And she had one of a trip we took to Disneyland for like my seventh birthday, which must've been like such a special thing to, to go for a birthday. They must've really like, like, saved and planned. Um, and it's a recording of 
us stopped in the middle of Main Street, just stopped. And me with my little pigtails, like staring at the fireworks. And my mom has the the video recording and it's like the bright flash because it's nighttime. And she's all, Sierra, what was your favorite ride today? And I'm like, huh? Like, I, I'm like my favorite ride. What? And I just trail off because I was so entranced by these fireworks. And she's like, all right, dad, what's your favorite? <laughs> but it was such a special moment. And, and it, it still is the times I've got to go as an adult. It's really exciting and special. Like it still holds that to me because it wasn't something that even though we did live to and a half hours away that was a rare thing and an exciting thing what about you Cameron yeah 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 it was the same for me my family didn't have a lot of money and so we would go maybe once a year or every few years and it was incredible and you know as an adult you know all the secrets about it and you you can see the artistry behind everything but as a child that castle is a castle that like it's real all of it's real so it's an extremely magical place and it the effect that it has on your family while you're there or like on your like partner or or even if you're with yourself it's it's amazing all the all the problems that you've had outside of the park are are gone and because you all know this is like rare this is a special thing so let's like get fully immersed in it and be happy yeah um, and like whether you're someone who's like saving all year to go, or if you're someone with an annual pass who goes like once a week, it's still just as special. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Do you have an annual pass? No. You know what? They discontinued them. Oh. <gasps> oh, because of COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Are they going to come back with them? I hope so. I hope, I hope so, so too. I've never had one. Really? Oh, I, there was a time period where my family as like, once we were all, I was an adult and, um, it was maybe one year. I don't know. We got some discount or something magical happened. And we had annual passes for a year and you're so right. That magic does not go away Hmm. when you get to go more frequently. It's there's, I don't know. There's something very special about it. And we would like, it'd be middle of the day on the weekend my mom would go do you guys want to go to Disneyland and it was like (laughs) yeah and the fact that we could just go in the middle of the day because we could go whenever we didn't have to worry about okay we have to get there early we have to hit these rides Mm -hmm. we could go and get our dole whip and watch a parade and oh my god that year was so special and that year actually maybe I wasn't out of high school I was still in high school my senior year and while I had the annual pass, I was on the dance team and we had, we were going to nationals across the street at the Anaheim convention center. And we all went in like our vans together, but my dad was like, I'm going to come pick you up after, um, and I'll, I'll drive you. And so I remember he comes to pick me up at the end of this nationals weekend. And it's maybe like eight o'clock at night and it's, it's like cloudy. I'm in my full track suit that says like rebel dancers on the back. And it's just my dad and I, and he's like, let's go to Disneyland. And we were, he was like, all right, you know, what rides do you want to hit up? We're like, obviously we have to do Thunder Mountain. And Indiana Jones is our Thunder Mountain's my dad's favorite. Space okay. Mountain's my favorite. So we hit Indiana Jones, we hit Thunder Mountain. And then we, on our way across the park to 
to walk to Space Mountain, it starts pouring <gasps> and everybody is clearing out. And my dad and I went and got a turkey leg and a chimichanga and like walked in the rain to Space Mountain and stood in line. We didn't, and I usually get fast passes for those ones because Space Mountain's that we just stood in the line and we went right through and it was, and then that's it. And we're like, all right, let's go home. It's one of my favorite memories to this day. It was so special. Wow. But the, I don't know, those annual passes are expensive though. I don't think I could ever do that again. Oh man. That was a treat. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I think that was one of my favorite songs on the album was waiting in line. Mm. Was that one of the first ones that you wrote? Like when do you remember in the order? I don't think it was. I think that came later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Great. I think Next question. There was I, <laughs> I think there was a point in making the songs where it was like I made um We Are the Stars We Wish Upon, uh, which is just like Disneyland is magical. And then I made The Happiest Place, which is just Disneyland is magical. <laughs> and like, don't miss the magic, was, which is kind of the same. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then um, I needed, I know I needed it to be a bit more dynamic, but I was a little worried about leaning too far into the absurdity of it, how it's absurdly positive. Hmm. And I felt like waiting in line is <laughs> definitely pushes the envelope on that. Yeah. And, but I just did it. I was like, okay, I, I I like this song. It makes me laugh, and it's and it's fun. And I would be like dancing while, while recording <laughs> so it, great. singing it. Um. And so I kept it, and that's the one that people have said that they like the most. That's so uh, interesting. But that was definitely an intention with the album is I wanted it to be, if you love Disneyland, if you're crazy about it, then you could listen to the album at face value as something very sincere and positive because it is. And then on the other side of it, it's also absurdly positive and sentimental to the point that it's laughable. And if you want to see the album that way too, you can. Hmm. But like at the end of the day, in between that is how I really feel about it. I authentically love Disneyland. Everything I sing about it is true. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's able to be both. Mm. You talked a little bit about uh, this starting to come from a place of resentment and then Mm -hmm. it turning into, you know, like your own relationship with self-love. So what else, when you were working on this album, did you discover that you loved about how your brain works creatively? Ew, you guys <laughs> uh-huh. are storming my brain. <laughs> yeah, so in terms of like what you discovered about how your brain works specifically, and on the on the flip side of that, things that you discovered about your brain that are, are challenging mm. or frustrating in the creative process. Well, I I think it's all one thing. I have to be creative every day. I just, I have to, not out of obligation, but it's just how I work. It's just, I just do. So it's the creative process is just a part of my life always. So pretentious. (laughs) um, (laughs) You're the least pretentious person I've ever known. Oh, wow. (laughs) But as far as the the question about what I like and don't like about my brain (laughs) is it's gross. It's slimy. It's slimy. <laughs> what I like and don't like about how my brain works. 
the default of my brain, of my type of brain, is self-seeking, self-obsessed, obsessive, and I'm an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Um, so it's my brain's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and if if I don't do um the right actions every day if i don't do like my rituals and my routines then that's that's what i fall to that's that's my default um hmm. and i end up making bad choices um hurting people's feelings um and that's what i don't like about my brain but at the same time like they say without darkness there's no light and by going against that, um, my the default of my brain, I'm able to do good things and make good decisions. So that's what I like about my brain is is when I go against the grain. There, mm -hmm. I have the willingness to to take a hike. Um, literally, <laughs> literally, literally, <laughs> to take to take hikes, to meditate, to uh, make phone calls, connect with friends give service to other people, do favors. And that's what helps. And, and weirdly enough, being creative is not enough to make me happy. If I have a day where I'm, and I've, I've had many days like this, where I'll start working on something creative at the beginning of the day, get into a flow and work on it all day. Then by the end of the day, um, I feel gross. I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. I always think it'll make me happy. It doesn't. Huh. But if it's just a part of the day, then it's good. Like if it's a part of the day and then another part of my day is exercising, taking a walk or, or meditating or whatever, then I have a good day. That's where that like upset those obsessive tendencies. I definitely identify with that. You're like, if I just hook onto this, even if I do it all day, well, that means, yeah, by the end of the day, well, I've put so much energy into this thing. It must reap like some sort of positive, yeah. but you're right. It, but it's that like intense obsessive energy that does the, the opposite than you think it will. Yeah. During this process too, of making the album, I've, I've had a lot of tunnel vision and was able to work on it really consistently but every once in a while my nephews come over and they're they're kids and they want to they want to hang out with their uncle and play video games and stuff and mm -hmm. i have to uh you know i have a choice to say hey not today or okay just give me a few minutes and i'll take a break and we'll play for a few hours and then my day doesn't suck <laughs> like maybe I, I lose a few hours of not working but my day won't suck. Is that the cricket? You hear it, huh? Yep. Right. Jiminy I'm Cricket. Gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go get it. Did you get it? No. That's the thing is that I don't know where it is. I can't mm. see it. And so all I can do is like bash against my garage door and it'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so embarrassing because when I do my interviews with people they'll be talking and like, they'll be going on this long story and then crickets will start to play. And they'll be like, are you doing that? <laughs> That's great. How many um, interviews, are you still doing the interviews? Are you gonna do some more? Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, I am. I'm excited about it. The thing is where I am right now with 
with my creative life is I hyped up the album. I hyped up the release of the album. The album's out. All my friends heard it. They like it. My family heard it. They like it. My followers heard it. They like it. My and mom, my mom bought it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's out. Sweet. She's a sweetheart. But it's, so it's out in the world. Yeah. Now, it's like, now what? It's yeah. out. And there's like a certain amount of views on YouTube of the album. And it was like going up and up and up the first three days. And now it's plateaued. So it's like, okay, now I have to promote it to people I don't know and get it out there with the same amount of creativity. Because again, like I'm not going to do it if I'm just a normal guy. <laughs> I, get, I have to be weird about it or it's not going to be fun. Yeah. Are you going to go on tour? Is that your next movie? Is that your next move? Go on tour would be cool. I mean with the way things are who knows when oh, that would be yeah. a possibility but yeah. i know that as soon as um it is a possibility i want to do live shows and make it really immersive and Ooh. like theatrical and um but you know i also really want to travel so maybe i should take it on tour i've never been outside of california really really yeah <gasps> it's a long it's a long state so i understand it's big Wow. Yeah. Well, you have a place to stay here in New yep, York. Sure do. Oh, that's so two kind. places. The big <laughs> Apple. I have a question. I want to storm your brains about something. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Thanks for asking. I know. Once that's I ha- okay. when I have this behind me, I get into interview mode. <laughs> I love it. Um, is art a service? Um, I think yes. I think that it can be a service to others, but it can be a service to yourself. Yeah. And finding that balance. We talked about that a bit last week with Brittany. Mm. Um, When you start to feel like it's, you know, that pendulum swinging too far to serving self Mm -hmm. or you're doing it. Well, it's an obligation. I have to do it for others then. But when you find that, that middle, yeah, that's like the sweet spot, but it too often swings to the serving self. I, I think most of us as artists in whatever medium we are in, it comes out of a, a typically out of a love or passion for it. And I think if somebody is pursuing their art and presenting it with honesty and love and passion, uh, there's going to be someone else who sees that and identifies with that. And that in itself, that is an act of service. That's healing to see you're not alone in something, whether it's something big and emotional or something small. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think art is an act of service? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I do. I think a lot of artists have been faced with that during the pandemic of, you know, people dying everywhere and it's this historic moment and so many calls to action where it's like, what do I do? I, I'm make little songs I I go on stage and do my little monkey show and (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) you're taking you're you're taking the monkey show on the road though that that's going on the road right (laughs) the monkey show yeah I'll take the monkey show (laughs) crank (laughs) uh, (laughs) but um but even like outside of a worldwide (laughs) pandemic like you have people telling you all your life, when are you going to get a real job or 
when am I going to see you on TV? Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. And why does that matter? And, yeah. um, and like, sometimes there's, there's been, there's been times where I'm like on my eighth week of doing a show at a theater where I'm working hard to make it so the lines I'm saying aren't just syllables and consonants to myself because I've said them so many times they've lost their meaning where I'm just like what am I what am I doing like am I just doing this for myself but then you go to see a show and like something makes you cry something makes you laugh even if something's bad like it has this effect on you where you're like I am so glad this exists I'm so happy I'm here I'm and I'm I'm grateful for it but again like the default in my brain is like I'm just doing this for myself I'm just doing this like no one's gonna hear this but me and that's that's that was the scary thing about the album was for me when I'm working on something while I'm working on it I'm thinking this is gonna be the best thing in the world everyone's gonna love this Mm -hmm. I have to kill the cricket. Hold on. <laughs> That's not like lingo or anything. That's what he's really No, doing. he actually has a cricket, cricket in his kill. garage right now that keeps going off. So, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? The temples. I was talking about um, the default. When, yeah. No, when no, no. Were... The album, the album. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was... Yeah, when I'm working on something creative, I think this is going to be the best thing in the world, the best thing ever. I'm going to be famous. Everyone's going to love this. I'll be the king of the world. And then when it's time to actually present that work of art, uh, it's like, no, this isn't good enough. This sucks. Or like, this will be embarrassing. Or maybe only I see it this way. No one else will see it this way. Uh, Forget it. Or maybe I'll just, I'll post it on Facebook once it'll get 10 likes and that'll be it (laughs) and so with this album it was like I felt nervous about I'm gonna do it differently this time I'm gonna actually put myself out there because now I'm ready to fully embrace that my art can be a service my art can bring people joy and by putting it out there and putting it into the universe there's more of a chance that it will make people happy and i can be of service that way and that's hard that's that's hard to believe i've i've been reading this book called the artist's way Mm. yeah you told me a little bit about it how is it going it's like a it's like a workbook right it's kind of like a workbook okay and it's about um lining up your creativity with your spirituality and it also acknowledges a lot of uh, roadblocks that you can have in your mind as an artist. And that's really helped me um, move forward is this book. And in the morning, you write three pages, and then you write a mantra for yourself. And one of the things I write in my mantra is, my art can be a service. My art can bring joy. And I start every day that way is writing that because that's really hard to believe for me. 
Thank you for saying that. I think we both really needed to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so interesting because the time and energy you put towards discrediting yourself or like shutting down creative ideas, when you shift that towards, no, I'm going to put it into, this can actually be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Then like change begets change. You put that energy out into the world. When you release the project, you start getting that back from people who feel that like viscerally when they're listening to it. So when you talk about like the roadblocks, we, we talk about that often on the flip side of that, where do you find the most creative clarity? When do you feel like the the stars line up? You feel like you're right in the groove. What helps with that? Is that when you feel like you've done yourself, the work on yourself more or you've. Well, yeah, I would say that. And there's also so many times now and it's since I've read this book and maybe before it was like 50 50 what my reaction to this certain thought would be that I would have in the shower of I have an idea for a video I have an idea for a movie I have an idea for a song and my brain is either gonna go no that's not good enough or I don't I don't like that (laughs) but but now I'm more inclined to say okay, let's do it. Because it's like, where is it coming from? Like where it's when it's mysterious, where these creative ideas are coming from, then it feels like then it's definitely worth doing. Because this could be, you know, from a higher power or muse or like, whatever you call it, what, whatever these things are born from, they're there and they could either fade away or or come into life and really at the end of the day if you make something shitty or if you make something mediocre no one will care as much as you no one gives a shit yeah no one gives a shit especially right now where everyone's making something no one no one cares (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) there was um in high school I had this friend that I was always complaining to about my life and the drama going on in my life. And she wrote me a note and gave it to me. I was on the bus and I opened it and it said, no one's thinking about you as much as you are. Mm. And that was definitely what I needed to hear. We get so worried about what other people think of us. That's also been a huge theme with uh, this past year is getting rid of all the compromises that I've made in the past to make other people happy or to fit in and getting rid of those and doing everything I can to be authentic to myself and who I am inside. And for me, a lot of that too is being willing to be childlike. There's a saying that means a lot to me um, that I think relates a lot to this album is it's okay to be childlike but it's not okay to be childish. Ooh, mm. big one. I like that. Yeah. I really love that. And you both work with children and I, I feel yeah. like that probably helps you stay in that playful mindset a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, do, I do birthday parties for kids. That's one of my side jobs and I love it so much. Um, whether I'm cat boy or... <laughs> Captain America or Spider-Man or Darth Vader Ooh. like you just you get to play 
like I don't want to say that I show up and and play pretend because that sounds like a baby job but <laughs> you're not a baby I'm not a baby <laughs> the kids can, t- can definitely tell I'm not a baby um, <laughs> they, I did a virtual birthday call uh, as cat boy <gasps> and the the older brother of the birthday boy was like how old are you oh. and I was like 10 I'm 10 years old <laughs> He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I do that with the kids too. They'll be like, how old are you? And I'll go, how old do you think I am? And it's never what I think it's going to be. It's, it's ranged from six to 16 to I've gotten 43 or something. And I was like, oh, you were one year off. That's one crazy. year off. <laughs> yeah I remember my mom telling me you know how sometimes you accidentally call your teacher like mom and then you're like oh I'm sorry yeah Mrs. Mm-hmm. Wilson I remember my mom saying that a kid accidentally said hey grandpa <laughs> 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 it's like wow oh, no. let's, like, let's back up um you've already kind of uh, touched you've already kind of touched on this but uh I think Sierra has one more little question oh for you. yes I do um Cameron James Parker, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger creative self? When? Yeah, whether I was just about to say whether that's like pre-pandemic creative self, whether that's like yeah, high school creative self. Um I'm a big fan of the podcast. So I know you guys also asked like what would you tell yourself in like the parking lot of PCPA. Oh, that's yeah, good. yeah. Okay, so he because trust me, I've I've been thinking about the answers to all these questions for the past two weeks. None of this is is authentic. <laughs> None of this is spontaneous. Okay, but um, what I would say to myself in the parking lot of PCPA, mm-hmm. the theater conservatory that we all went to. Mm-hmm is uh, remember why you're here. Hmm. You're about to go into a place where there's a bunch of beautiful, attractive people. There's gonna be parties. There's gonna be like drugs and alcohol. Remember why you're here. And knowing me, I would probably say, okay, and still do everything that I did Mm -hmm. anyway because I can only learn from my failures. I'm a little better about that now. I'm more willing to take, take direction and take advice. But, um, and what, what that has to do with my creativity is that a lot of the self-destructive things that I did and that I've done were just me not being true to my authentic self and not honoring my health, not, not being considerate of other people self-seeking, all those things get in the way of my creativity because again, like I have an obsessive mind, whether it's like romance or, or alcohol or drugs, I can get obsessive about that one thing. And then the next thing you know, I didn't take the time to memorize my lines. I didn't take the time to 
who knows what else <laughs> yeah but, um, I, I totally i totally identify with oh, yeah. that yeah me yeah, too yeah. big time yeah big time but yeah. i've been um i'll have been sober for four years in june that's and awesome that's big congratulations yeah. thanks yeah um, oh. and i was worried when i was getting sober that i wouldn't be creative anymore because so much of my creativity was from how much I romanticized my misery Mm. and and like it took a few like weeks or months to really like find my creative voice again and once I found it it was like this is a creative voice that like has more broad appeal (laughs) and is like (laughs) just better (laughs) um so yeah I would I would just tell myself things that I'm not ready to hear. Well, hey, we loved PCPA Cameron and all his faults and flaws. We love present day Cameron. We love him. We love him. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Should we take a little break? Could we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's break. How was your break? My break was good. How was your break? Mine was lovely. Cameron, how was your break? It was good. How was your break? It was nice. It was good. How was uh, uh. <laughs> Oh, wait. Hey, let's play a game. Oh, no. I don't want to play a game. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> what game? What game could you possibly have in mind? Uh, it's risk. We're gonna play a full play risk, full virtual. <laughs> yeah. Stra- strap in, strap right. in. No, we're gonna play a little game we like to call Mash. Mashmaker. Oh, I know that one. <laughs> so, have you ever played Mash before, Cameron? Of course, I have. Great. Of course, you have. And you're, you're not an idiot. Yeah, you're not an idiot. I, I start off every day playing. <laughs> As you should. No, I did it in uh, elementary school. Yeah. Yeah. So to refresh your memory, MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, house. We're going to go through. Um, I'm going to go through a couple different categories. And you're just going to give me a few options for them. But first, to kickstart this game, there's my pen. It's ready to go. I'm going to start drawing a spiral. And you just tell me when to stop. Stop. Great. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go through our categories and you're going to give me some options for them. Um, Partners. Uh, uh, That's a great question. Um, When I was a kid, I had a big crush. Uh, I had my sexual awakening mm-hmm. watching charlie's angels full throttle yeah so i'll say drew barrymore mm-hmm. <laughs> i love and uh <laughs> um who else um uh i'll do my childhood crush natalie pena natalie pena uh-huh. natalie pena what has she been in 
No, she went to my school. Oh. She went to my elementary school. <laughs> I love that. Well, she's also an actress. Wait, yeah. that's so cute. <laughs> She'll never hear this, so. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> number three. Number three. <sighs> so excruciating for it's you. It's excruciating. <laughs> I want to do like a cartoon or something. You can. You can yeah. do whatever you want. Um. <laughs> put i i want some like one that i won't want like put a, a lima bean <laughs> a lima bean <laughs> done <laughs> um number four number four <sighs> hmm. come on this is my future we're talking about <laughs> Good. This could also be a creative partner. It doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic partner. No, business it has partner. to. No. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's business true. partner. Yeah, yeah, I love that. My... <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. It's got to be romantic. What about <laughs> what about uh, a young Winona Ryder? Ooh, young Winona. <laughs> <laughs> right under lima bean. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Uh-huh. All right, we're moving on to the next segment, which is, or the next. I say this every time. It's a category, not a oh, segment. segment. Yeah. Children is the next category. Oh, okay. And I say it every time. I'm gonna say it again with you. You can do number of children, or you can choose who you want to be your children. Whoa. Okay? Yeah, and we had someone okay. take us up on this last time. Mm-hmm. First, it was the first time. So that's really interesting. Yeah, you don't have to, (laughs) but it's an option. Yeah, adult adoption is an option. (laughs) Adult adoption is an option. Wow. Okay. Uh, For the first one, I'll put zero. Great. Yeah. For the second one, I'll put two. Great. For the third one, I'll put three. Great. For the fourth one, (laughs) SpongeBob. SpongeBob. (laughs) I love it. With your wife, Lima Bean. Yeah, this is good. It's perfect. This is good. A true love story. SpongeBob, please clean up your room. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you this again. Okay, career. Uh, Oh. Oh. Okay, Okay, put um, (laughs) actor, Mm -hmm. primatologist. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. We're seeing- Let me look it up though. It looks it's- like it sounds like a doctor for primates. Oh, it's something. It's definitely it something. It is, yeah. The study of primates. Wait, I love that. The study of primates. Yeah, that's what I want. That's, that's- what I want. <laughs> what I want. Um, I want that. Primatologist. Non-human mon- primates. Monkeys are great. Non-human non- primates. Not- yeah. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. No, yeah. no don't yeah. give any a human primate. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> we um, have actor. We have primatologist. What else? Um, a famous musician. Yeah. Whoa. And then the fourth one, I want it to be something I don't want. <laughs> I love I want this it to challenge. Be, yeah, yeah. Make it a little interesting. What do I not want to be? Math teacher. A high school algebra teacher. 
Thank you to my, all of our teachers. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, I think my granddad was a high school algebra teacher. <laughs> wow. All right, on to transportation. Oh, transportation. Ooh. Oh, wow, <laughs> I could have anything. I want yeah. a, a DeLorean, a, Love. like one that can fly. Mm-hmm. Oh. I want a... I want a cool motor motorbike. Cool motorbike. Do you have a color preference? Oh. <sighs> green. That's fun. <laughs> green? 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 Lima bean green? Lima yeah. bean green. <laughs> That's great. Uh-huh. And it's down. Right? And uh, a flying skateboard. Yeah. Is that like back to the, is this a back to the future theme? Oh, a hoverboard. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It's basically but, a hoverboard. But I like flying skateboard though. Flying because skateboard. when I think of it, I think of a, a like a flying skateboard. I think of a skateboard with like wings, wings. <laughs> like a personified like. Skateboard. Oh man, that'd be so hard to balance on. Yes. Um, and a Batmobile. Of course. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Let me do my calculations. Hey, what about my house? So that will either be. Oh, yeah. You'll find out. You'll find out. It's going to either be a mansion, apartment, shack, or house. Do you want to add some specifications to these four categories? We can. Yeah, like a mansion. (laughs) Or do I? I don't know. The mansion has a bat cave. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's the second one? Apartment? Yeah. The apartment has the cast of friends. <laughs> Present day. Yeah. Present day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the shack. Uh, uh, the shack has a jacuzzi in it. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> you can't lose. And the house is a haunted house. <gasps> Which is very exciting to me. Yeah. I love ghosties. Um, okay, let me do my calculations. What was the one with the podcast with Ben? He was talking about the the one with the paper. You know what I mean? Oh, the cootie catcher. Is that what it's called? Cootie catcher. Cootie catchers. Those were big. That was a skill to be able to fold those. That was not. I know. Yeah. It's impressive. It was. Yeah, those were stressful. After someone would do it for me, it'd be like, can I? keep that keep it <laughs> can, can i have that that's, can, that's cool can we laminate this um i really loved um like cat's cradle that was big like the string you know oh, you could like yeah. do that was fun not really a group activity that was pretty a solo okay. thing okay your results are in <gasps> give it to me straight <laughs> you're gonna be living in a jacuzzi shack hell yeah with your childhood loved Natalie Pena. Oh, Natalie. <laughs> you're going to have three children. Oh, you're, no. Yeah. In your shack. In your shack. In your shack, jacuzzi shack. Your jacuzzi shack. And, but you're going to be an actor and you're going to okay. be driving the Batmobile. <laughs> you, can't you can't go wrong can't with that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. How do you feel? Oh, I'm so excited for the future. <laughs> yeah, we're checking in in like what three to five years. Three to five years, we'll see where you're at. Okay. Yeah. 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 But my predictions are never wrong thus far. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let's that's take fun. a let's take a little 
break. Yeah. <laughs> you look so confused. It's like I've never it's like what? what? A break? <laughs> we'll be back. Yeah, we'll let you process that that life plan. Right, back to business we're back yeah we're doing business yep negotiations we're back to it. hey hey <laughs> do you have any um anything you would like to share with us anything creative here's a little snippet of one of the songs from my album and the song is called the happiest place I loved that. Thank you for sharing. So, that was lovely. Yeah. Hey, Cameron, where can our, hey. um, our, our many, many, many listeners, <laughs> where can they find you on social media? Well, Shannon, let me tell you, mm-hmm. I am on Instagram. My name is Cameron James Parker. It's all one word. So it's pretty easy. And then on Facebook, I am Cameron James Parker. (laughs) Pretty easy. My album is on pretty much every streaming platform, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora. Um, It's on YouTube. Wow. Um, So you could pretty much find it anywhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yay. Yay. And the name of your album one more time for many, many listeners. My album is called The Happiest Place by Cameron James Parker. So rad. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Thanks for letting us storm your brain. I know. Thank you. Oh, it's it's a dream come true. (laughs) For us as well. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So proud of you, my friend. It's so good to chat with you and to see you thriving. Um, <laughs> really, and uh, we just adore you. Thank you. Oh, that means so much to me. <laughs> Let me say that again. That means so much to me. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's an yeah. honor. Oh, oh. oh. well, oh. <laughs> oh, thanks for the laughs and uh, chat soon, huh? Uh. no yes let's let's talk again very soon uh please get me back on the show for your next episode (laughs) great all right sounds good (laughs) brainstorming featuring Cameron Parker Thank you to our guests for answering the question, what's been storming your brain? A big old thank you to our technical producer, Tim Fuchs, for our funky theme song with Chris Agar on bass and Louis Tanuzzi on trombone. Thank you to Ellie Stovall-Brown for our rock and cover art and to all you listeners for joining us this week. Be sure to tune in next time for a few more ha-has and a lot less wah-wahs. And follow us on Instagram at brainstormingthepodcast. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the brain. brain.